When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's a Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio and we begin the show with the image of a clapping David Beckham. I've got some good news for you from the Women's World Cup. It is England 1, Norway nil. A lovely little break down the right wing, a cracking delivery into the middle and Jill Scott is on hand to turn it home in off the post. It's an early third minute goal for the Lionesses. They go roaring on as, Mm. by the way, the Tottenham Hotspur in the transfer market. It's a pleasure to be joined in the studio by Jamie Brown and Jamie Marshall of The Last Word on Spurs. 512 Mm. gents. 512 days since that last signing. Lucas Moura from PSG in January 2018. Is it about to be a new one? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it seemed very close on Tuesday. Kind of the news broke that um, an agreement kind of was, was close to being uh, reached around £65 million. Um, you know, to Ango and Dombele, I think we, we've said plenty of times on this show, he's the exact name that Spurs want. Um, he's certainly in a position that we, we need to be strengthening. Um, and, and if we can get him in, it's just I think it would be the absolute perfect start to the summer. And I think it would make whatever else happens um, a brilliant summer. But... Um, yeah, look, I think the the president came out today from Leon and kind of um, dismissed that um, a deal was close. But this is a guy that does like to do a lot of talking. Um, I think we saw it with uh, Ferland Mendy, um, who joined Real Madrid from from Leon earlier in the window. I know that Leon came out and kind of denied it, and they and then um, a few days later he was uh, a Real Madrid player. So for me, I I take his comments with a pinch of salt. And I'm still remain optimistic. I'd take the entire salt shaker if I were you. <laughs> exactly. Jamie Marshall, mind games aside, isn't Dombele the man you need? Without a doubt, yeah. I think we've we've got Sissoko as well in the middle. Um, I think them two together are going to really sort of strengthen our midfield. Yeah. Um, I think that's something we've been lacking recently, especially. Yeah. Um, and also we've got Winksy as well. Coming yeah. back to full fitness, so yeah. I think it's looking good for our midfield. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, creative as well as powerful. That's the yeah. thing with Ndombele. We keep yeah. hearing these comparisons yeah. to a prime Moussa Dembele, the kind of midfielder mm. who can smash a player, get up and play the pass. But mm. let's talk about this posturing from Leon. Uh, Jamie Brown, talk <laughs> us through. I, I'm, I might just have to go for one and two, frankly, by the end of the show. <laughs> Jamie Brown, talk yeah. us through what's been said. So uh, well, he's basically come out and he's, he's very old comments. This guy, who he does a lot of talking. He's very much the opposite to Daniel Levy in terms of Daniel Levy is very quiet in, in his negotiating and, and kind of what's going on at the club. But Orlas is, is, you know, he's always always making comments on deals and um, basically what he's come out and said is that Spurs have made an opening offer of 45 million euros. Um, I think that was well documented that, that that happened a very long time ago and I do believe that negotiations are a lot further down than he is uh, letting on. I think it's sensible. I think that 
in a way, they're still... They, although they've got one replacement in, uh, I think they've got uh, Gene Lucas from uh, from Brazil, um, a central midfielder. So they have got one replacement in, but I think they're looking at also Thiago Mendes from Lille. So um, I think that at the moment it's about they're waiting to get another replacement in, so just to save face. I uh, saw on your Twitter, Daily Hotspur, you got very, very excited when yes. Leon signed a central midfielder. I, you may have known a lot about Jean-Lucas already when... Mm. I saw your tweet. I rather assumed that you'd Googled him going, please be a central midfielder, please be a central midfielder. And immediately the tweet was there. Leon have signed a midfielder. Do you think they'd have done that if they were holding on to Ndombele? Um, Well, potentially it depends what their ambition was. I think he did did come out and say, if if we're close to signing a box-to-box midfielder, then then potentially a deal is, is close with Ndombele. So, as I said, I do believe that there is, you know, he is, he's, holding something back a bit here um and and my message to Spurs fans would yeah you've got to be just be cautious with what he says okay so cards on the table then Jamie Marshall do you think Spurs have made a bid uh yeah I think so how much do you think they bid who knows 65 million about yeah I think that's reasonable as well so if they've bid 65 sure What's the game being played here by Lyon? Because they're not saying... One thing the president could come mm. out and say is Spurs have bid 65 and that's not enough. If you have bid 65, why is he talking about 45 mil? I mean, maybe... The other, the other issue I'd say is maybe that they're, t- you know, they're trying to get other clubs involved. I know that Real Madrid, although they've kind of been in and out of whether they're interested in him, um, I guess maybe it's just to kind of... Um, you know, spark them into life and kind of make a move. I think that, you know, they're looking at deals for Paul Pogba at the moment. Um, that's going to cost in the region about £130 million, isn't it? So um, I think that Dombele is kind of a similar player to Paul Pogba and, and certainly a cheaper alternative. Is there a possibility here that what's actually happened is that the Leon president is telling the truth and Daniel Levy has gone full Daniel Levy and bid half the asking price? <laughs> Yeah, I think also as well, I think it may be that the agent's getting involved. Cause yeah, obviously maybe, maybe. He knows Tottenham don't pay top dollar for their players. Mm. Um, so he might be just trying to get other teams interested as well. Yeah, yeah. We, we've heard rumours circling today that United were in uh, for Wambasaka. United, mm, of course, yeah. are probably going to get him. That Spurs might have been in for him as well, but wouldn't go higher than £40 million. Now, whether or mm. not that's true, are you worried... That if another team were to come in from Dombele, you would find your president going, well, too rich for my blood. Well, I think in a way, uh, a lot of the reports were saying that he was kind of making his mind up over whether it was Juventus, PSG, Manchester United or Real Madrid that he's going and, and, and Spurs. And and to be honest, to be considering that bracket, I think that that's a real statement uh, from, from for where the club is going. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think that potentially he's trying to get other clubs involved. Um, and I, I would I would be slightly worried but to be honest I think that it's clear that he's the number one target uh, this summer I think a lot of the reports are saying Pochettino was given the Champions League money um, and he decided that, that Dombele is the guy that he wants to go and spend the majority of those funds on the, the 60 to 70 or million pounds So Jamie Marshall if the Champions League money has gone on in Dombele are we now looking at a situation where it's sell to buy for Tottenham? Yeah I think so I think Obviously, Tottenham are not, they're notorious for not spending loads of money. Mm. Um, we've seen it in, in previous years. And I think possibly the sale of Ericsson could 
or mm, make yeah. way for a, 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 another few transfers like Los Celso maybe because I think they're two very, fairly similar sort of players. Mm. I'm interested by this with Lo Celso, who's someone we'll come on to in yeah. a bit more depth later in the show. Mm. But initially, I for one had assumed that Spurs would be going for him as a replacement for Ericsson yeah. if they were forced to mm. sell the Dane. But the reports we're hearing now is that Spurs yeah. are looking to potentially actively try to sell Ericsson to fund a move yeah. for Lo Celso. Do you believe that? No, I, I do believe if there is a ch- every chance that Spurs can keep Christian Eriksen at the club, I do believe we will. Um, and I, to be honest, I think we've seen that the Giovanni Lo Celso links have died down somewhat. And of course, there's the news coming out from, from Marsa in, in Spain that... Um, that Ericsson's no longer even even the number number two option behind Paul Pogba. It's Donny van der Beek of Ajax that they're now going for instead. That's weird, isn't it? I mean, they're very different players. Yeah, I do find that odd because Donny van der Beek's obviously a different player, isn't he? Yeah. Um, as is Paul Pogba <clears throat> to Ericsson. So I find it weird that they're kind of looking at those three as you know as similar players because they're just not. Um, but I do believe that. Um, you know, the the Celso links are dying down slightly because I think that Ericsson... I think he's losing Real Madrid a bit. I think that they are starting to look elsewhere. So, yeah, I, I, I do think there could be a positive outcome for Ericsson this summer. As a final note on Ndombele, we've all watched the many compilations of his best bits, <laughs> which have been doing the rounds on social media. Mm. And if you watch them, he looks superb. Yeah, but if you good. edit my two minutes of finest footballing <laughs> moments ever, I actually look like a decent <laughs> central midfield player. And I can promise you for a fact that I'm not... When you look at other players who've come from Ligue 1 recently, if we look at Jean-Michel Serri, who signed for Fulham, everyone thought they'd got a Rolls-Royce of a player and it turned out they'd actually bought a Ford Fiesta. (laughs) Are you a bit worried that you might be being sold a dud? No, I don't think so. He's obviously had a a lot of Champions League experience. Mm. Um, He knows what he's doing. I think he's going to be one of the top players in the Premier League next season if we do sign him. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited yeah. Um, if we do sign him yeah for sure I think it's, it's a good point about the Champions League I think he had that game against Man City didn't yeah. he where he was um, he went to the Etihad and was absolutely superb and he was a re- I think I, I'm sure they got a result from that game Leon if I'm correct <laughs> off the top of my head I remember um, so I think that he certainly proved himself there he's now a guy that's broken into the French national team um, and of course they're defending world champions so that's kind of a real statement and, and you look at their central midfielders Pogba, Kante so they've got a real well, um, depth of, of really quality central midfielders. So I think it shows you that he's right up there. Um, but also his stats. I mean, he's you know, you've got seven assists. That's more than any central midfielder in France. He created 72 chances last uh, season for Lyon. That's the most for them. So. What are the strikers doing? 72 <laughs> yeah. chances, know, seven well, assists. They, yeah. So he's, he's he, yeah, yeah, I think that he... It, one thing I would say is he's a lot more than just you know the the strength and and everything else. Mm. And if you get him, as it's looking like you will, you're going to be very well stocked in the central midfield area. Mm. Jamie Marshall, you pointed out that this is adding into a mix yeah. that already includes Sissoko and Winks. Might you be a bit too well stocked? <laughs> what happens to Wanyama and Eric Dyer? Mm. Yeah, to be honest, I'd, I think we're a bit overstocked if we do sign in Domble, and I can't see. Uh, when Yama's future at the club being, well, I can't see his future at the club at all, really. Mm. Um, I think his fitness has been a bit, yeah. he's not really reliable enough. Um, Dyer the same. I can't see us selling Dyer, to be honest. Um, when Yama more so. Um, mm. No, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're, I think you're correct there. I think um, 
Wanyama's obviously had these knee issues, um, and that, and obviously a couple of years ago he was outstanding. His first year he was absolutely outstanding for us, yeah, and, and and he came back didn't he as well this year, and he and he has a few promising performances, but I think the the knee issues have kind of been. Um, have really just hampered him a bit. Um, I do believe, as I, I have to agree with Jamie there, I think that Wanyama will go. Um, I think Dyer will stay. Uh, there's been a, certainly a lot of debate on this show as whether uh, we might move Dyer on, but I think given his versatility, because mm. um, he can obviously offer you a centre-back, uh, holding midfielder, potentially even right-back. So I think given, you know, and that's what Pochettino really likes, having <laughs> those sort of versatile players in his team, so I think Dyer will stay. How important is the fact that Dyer's homegrown? Yeah, very. Well, yeah, very, of course. Yeah, very. I mean, we've we've um, you know we've we've struggled to fill the quota, and uh, I think we're we're looking to bring in some more. The likes of Sessegnon, Jack Clark. I'm sure we'll get into in a minute. Um, there's there's definitely a clear need to to produce these players, uh, or, or keep these players that are homegrown. So because you know we had issues in the Champions League squad last year. So mm. well, as you rightly point out, we all love a creative European playmaker, stylish, flown in from France. But also, a bit of northern scrapping doesn't go amiss either. Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. Jack Clark's been having a lovely day out in London. Mm. Apparently saw all the sights. Buckingham Palace, <laughs> London Eye, had a nice bit of lunch, headed home to Leeds. No other reason for being here, I assume. Well, I think I think he might be about to break Spurs' uh, long-awaited transfer, wait for a transfer. So, um yeah, it's certainly looking very promising with Jack Clark. It looks like he'll be the first man through the door. Um, I think the, f- the fee's kind of in between eight to ten million pounds. I think depends on add-ons. For me, that's an absolute steal for a player like that. Um, he is, yes, he is slightly inexperienced. I think it was um, twenty-five appearances last season for Leeds. He did start just five, and he got two goals and two assists. Um, but funnily enough, he is a guy that I have mentioned on the show uh, a while ago, that, a guy that I did want to see come in. Um, and as we said before the break, I think it's important adding those um, uh, homegrown players. Um, and it's, yeah. But on that homegrown front, let's be honest about this. If he's Italian, if he doesn't fill that quota, do you sign him? I think you, I think yeah. You, yeah, you do. I mean, it's the same with Don Bale. It just depends if it's well potentially with Jack Clark. I, I maybe not. Um, I think he's certainly a guy that they see as clear potential. Um, he was. I think he was very good at Leeds last year. He showed some very promising signs, um, and he's kind of in a position that we do need to strengthen. I think we, we you'd agree, Jamie, that we need more forwards as well, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you saw it in the Champions League, especially last year. Yeah, we just lacked so much squad depth, which other teams like City, yeah. Liverpool, they exactly. all had exactly. So, um, and he's and he's a left and left winger and a right winger. So he's kind of again. Um, he's he's versatile player can play on either either flank and I think that as we just said it's it's important that we do add another forward this year um, maybe question marks over Lamella's future um, I don't know what you think about Lamella Jamie <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of Lamella yeah um, I like how sort of he doesn't really care he he, yeah. he, he don't mind taking a, getting a yellow card <laughs> yeah no he's in big games but it sometimes well. looks like he doesn't really care about playing either <laughs> Jamie which is a slight problem True. He's a, you say he's a guy he's a guy that you can come off the bench and, and point oh, a shit he's an impact him. player yeah. yeah for sure he's he's a guy that will come in and, and, and give give his all towards the end of, of games uh, I think we saw that on plenty of occasions last year he came off the bench I think he came off the bench against Barcelona uh, Liverpool and, and scored in both games um, 
I think uh, so he's certainly shown that he can have an impact off the bench but the issue is with Lamella I think is he's not good enough for the starting 11 um, he's a, so that makes him a squad player and the issue is with a squad player he needs to always be available mm. and of course I think he's got such a poor injury uh, a track re- injury track record that maybe it's time to, to let him go I don't know what you think I mean yeah I get your point He's he's hardly ever available. Mm. We might may need to look at sort of selling him, but yeah. I think his technical ability is so good when yeah. he is fit, and I think that's something that other teams I think struggle with quite a lot when he is playing. Yeah, no, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think Jack Clark may sort of be the similar sort of player as well. Hopefully, yeah. um, I think Poch working with, with him will, will really sort of similar with Lamella when he joined, mm. get his confidence up, um, make some more first team appearances with Spurs. Mm. Yeah. It's looking like when Clark arrives rather than if. So I'll say yeah. when. When he turns up, how much football are you actually expecting him to play? Yeah, look, it's, it is an interesting one. You kind of maybe hope that he'd, he'd go back to uh, to Leeds on loan and get some experience or, or, or another Premier League club. Um, but as we've said, we need depth in this squad. Um, and I think that the, the talk is that Pochettino said, uh, I think Leeds kind of looked into getting a loan back deal. Um, but I think Pochettino's kind of said, no, I want to hit this guy in my squad. And it is important because we, we on so many occasions last year, we were just struggling for options and um, we just need as many as we possibly can get. And um, I don't think we're in a position where we can be spending money and, and loaning players out uh, unless unless they're like the Kiona Tete that we signed from Notts County <laughs> recently for 250k. Yeah, slightly different some, to someone, 13 mil. Someone like that. So uh, that's the sort of player that I'd m- maybe say, yeah, of course you can go out on loan. But but for, with Jack Clark, I think he's a guy that you need to be keeping around the squad to have options. With him staying, is he going to have the shadow of Deli Ali hanging over him? In the sense that the last time Spurs signed a young lad from the lower <laughs> leagues who no one expected anything from, turned out he was, and I quote, Better than Ertzil. Oh, yeah, it will be good, wouldn't it? If yeah. that happened. Well, I think I think also Spurs have got obviously got a fantastic track record of um, signing these players from the the football league. I think we saw Gareth Bale, um, mm. and and we've had plenty of others down the down the years. Aaron Lennon, another one who we even signed from Leeds, a winger from Leeds. Yeah. So, I think it's it's something that Spurs have done quite a lot in the past of where we've identified players um, lower down. Um, and I think we've had great success with it. So I think, in a way, it's great that we're kind of going back into into that sort of pool of players. Um, and, and Ryan Sessegnon, probably a, probably a similar sort of transfer as well. So Yeah, let's chat about Sessegnon in a moment. I'm interested by that idea of going to the lower level. How low would you be happy to see <laughs> Spurs go, as it were? Are we talking full limbo into non-league? Well, if if they're talented enough, and and I, I do trust the scouts at the club, they've done a fantastic job in uh, in the past. In in we've seen like Deli Ali, um, I think they've shown many many times that they can kind of identify these top uh, young British talents. Um, so as I say, I don't, I wouldn't really be bothered how low we went. Um, of course, we signed. As we said, we signed Keon Atete from uh, Notts County. I think it was League League One or Two. So um, I, I don't think it really matters, to be honest. No. And when we're looking at Ryan Sessegnon, he, of course, technically now is playing in the Championship, although he was a Premier yeah. League <laughs> yeah. player with Fulham this year. Yeah. How likely is this? We were hearing rumours on Twitter that his brother has been <laughs> around Tottenham, which is bizarre. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a deal that will happen. He's a guy that we've obviously been looking at for, for some time now, for many years. Um, and 
he had a difficult year at Fulham. Um, of course, the whole Fulham team was very difficult. It had a very tough time. I think they had three different managers, so that's never easy for a young yeah, player. When, when your front two are allegedly fighting whilst <laughs> doing yoga, <laughs> exactly. I think you have a problem. Exactly. So I think it's. Um, I think he showed in the year before in the Championship that he's he's clearly got a lot of talent. So. What would you make of the yeah, signing? He, he's clearly good enough for the Premier League. Um, obviously struggling with Fulham, but mm. obviously also as well, he's quite. I think he's quite a versatile player. Yep. Um, yep. Can play fullback, left wing, whatever yeah, it is, um, sure. right wing. Yeah. yeah. Which is a blessing. Yeah. But as we've seen with Dyer, it can also be a curse because you can find <laughs> yourself in a situation yeah. of not knowing what someone's yeah. best position is. If you sign Sessegnon, where do you think Pochettino will play him? I can see him being sort of a Danny Rose type of role. So yeah. an attacking fullback. Yeah, he's obviously got pace. So mm. I think he'd fit in really well there. I think. I think. Yeah, I think spot on. I think that he'll be kind of the guy as, as I think he's seen as a long-term successor to Danny Rose. I think for now we'd we'd still say that Danny Rose is still good enough for Spurs. Yeah, um, and, and still would be the number one choice left back. But I think Ryan Sessegnon, of course, young English, so he's a guy I'd like to have around the club for a while. So if you spent upwards of twenty-five mil. Mm. on Ryan Sessegnon and you kept Danny Rose who's first choice it's got to be Rose I think is there Rose yeah yeah I, th- I think over I think look we'd be signing Sessegnon as you said for versatility I think that he offers you uh, again he's another forward option potentially um, I think he could also make a very good wing back in case we wanted to play five at the back yeah um, and I, I think that and of course, the le- and, and you know, and, and just a simple left back. So for me, I think it would definitely it would be Danny Rose that, that would remain the the number one choice. But I think Ryan Sessegnon would be a great option. Well, with that in mind, we here at Love Sport Radio were able to reveal from some of our sources last week that Crystal Palace have made contact with Fulham about Sessegnon. Tottenham haven't. Nobody else have. So it's possible he's got that deal on the table. If he went to Palace. I imagine Roy Hodgson would be able to make him the promise of, listen, you're the main man, you start every week and you might start in a more attacking role than you would at Spurs. Would you be worried about competing with them for a player? I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about with Palace competing mm. with them. With, with all due respect, but... Yeah, <laughs> with all due respect, yeah. no respect. <laughs> it depends Depends what we're offering him. I think that we can certainly offer him a lot in terms of fantastic facilities to develop his talents. Of course, Hotspur Way, um, absolutely the best f- training facilities. Pine glasses that fill up from the bottom. Exactly. exactly and, yeah. um, and, and Pochettino, I think any young player, any English young player is going to have looked at the likes of Harry Kane, Harry <clears> Winks, <throat> and seen that this guy is so fantastic at developing younger talent. Um, and I certainly think that that's going to be the case with, with Ryan Sessegnon. I think he's going to certainly really be ta- um, attracted to Spurs by the fact that he'll get to work under a manager like Poch. Mm. And also, I think having Danny Rose as sort of a mentor, I think that could yeah. really help him yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One fascinating thing about Spurs' transfer activity so far is you're only being linked with one or two players in each position. You're being consistently linked with them. What's odd about that is for other clubs, let's take... West Ham. We know West Ham want a striker. So West Ham have been linked with everyone who's ever scored a goal in Europe, which basically means the nation's journalists don't have the blindest clue who West Ham are after. They know they want a striker. They know they want a decent one. Right, Maxi Gomez, Andrea Bellotti, (laughs) Wesley Morais, anyone who's ever kicked a football. With Spurs, Hmm. you seem to be focused, which is allowing the journalists to focus. That's encouraging. But equally... If Poch is focused on these specific targets, what happens if he doesn't get them? 
I think there's certainly alternatives there. I think um, certainly when we're looking to replace Ericsson, there's uh, Donny van der Beek, uh, Giovanni de Celso. There's the guy from Roma. Z- uh, I can't pronounce Zaniolo. That's, that's the yeah. that's the one. Um, so there's, there's there's certainly other options. I think with central midfield, um, Don Ballet, uh he seems to be the only target. Um, so yeah, I mean it is slightly worrying because you know we do need to be getting in the players that exact players that Pochettino wants. Um, but yeah, I do take your point. I think that it is maybe a worry that we might miss out on on these number one targets. Maybe Poch is sort of sending a message to Levy. Look, I want these players, yeah. and you're going to get them for me. Yeah, I think that that's also the you know Daniel Levy now has to go and get the number one target. This is now. He's got a massive... Pochettino has been here five years now, so Daniel Levy really has to go and make a big statement for Pochettino to go and match his ambitions. And um, I think he does that by going and getting the exact players that Pochettino is asking for. And if he fails to do that, could we be looking at a falling out between the manager and the chairman? It's very possible. Poch has he's already said that he wants backing in this transfer window. Mm. And and I think if Levy fails to deliver even one or two players, he does he he really wants. I think hmm. we we could be looking at Pochettino leaving possibly. Yeah. yeah, potentially. I think that as I said, I think he is under a lot of pressure now to deliver. Certainly from the supporters, which I do think a lot of the time it is unfair the criticism that Daniel Levy does get. Um, but it, uh, I think we've always said it. It's a massive, massive summer for Spurs. We're kind of in a limbo of, you know, we, we've always come so close, second in the Premier League, second in the Champions League, and it's kind of like, when are we eventually going to get over the line? And always the bridesmaid, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> well, exactly, and we've got to make sure that we're 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 the number one, you know, we're the number one winning team. So, um, and and I think it's about getting the the number one targets in for Poch. Absolutely. And talking of weddings, we should say that last word yes. on Spurs, Ricky Sachs can't be with us because he's in Mexico on his honeymoon. Congratulations, <laughs> Ricky. We look forward to having you back in the studio. If any of you would like to get in touch about any of these potential Tottenham signings or anyone you'd like to see at the club, get in touch. That number to call is 0208 558. You can WhatsApp us as well. And coming up, it's time for your Legend of the Week. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and the two Jamies, and it's time <laughs> for their Legend of the Week. Who have you gone for this week, gents? We have chosen Jermaine Defoe. I think he's kind of uh, a player that was more in our era. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, what a player he was. I think he was a fantastic striker. I think he was around at the time when we had a lot of very good strikers. I think uh, similar time, Robbie Keane, uh, Dimitar Berbatov. So I think Spurs were kind of blessed at, at that time <clears> with some really great strikers. And um, Defoe was kind of the first player that, that I, I kind of was my first favourite Spurs player. He's a guy that definitely will uh, always have a very special place in my heart. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Fan, absolutely fantastic goal scorer. Um, I think that you know his movement, uh, his finishing ability was just absolutely brilliant. He's still um, going, by the way. Is it? I'd, I'd actually it was on, on loan at Rangers this season. Oh, that vegan course, diet yes. keeping him going at the grand old age of thirty-six. <laughs> he's also got an OBE, so he's absolutely yeah. flying. Yeah. In terms of national honours, did you feel that he deserved a bit more opportunity for England? Fifty-six caps, twenty goals. It's a good return. Without a doubt, he should have been. Yeah, but he's he's he reminds me a little bit of Harry Kane with his finishing ability. Yeah. And obviously he's our top striker at the moment. Yeah, 
So, I think I think um, there was that moment when uh, was it Theo Walcott that was picked ahead of him at the yeah, 2006, 2006 World Cup. A 17-year-old Theo Walcott who yeah. had never kicked a football in the top division <laughs> and had barely kicked one in the championship. Yeah. It's the equivalent, by the way, of Jack Clark going uh, to the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think also another player that he does remind me of actually at Spurs, and I, I did see it on Twitter actually, was, um, was Lucas Moura. Um, I think that um, he's a guy that steps up in big games. Um, I think if you look at it, was um, it was comparing some of his finishes against Huddersfield. It was very, very Jermaine Defoe esque, um, and yeah, I always remember Jermaine Defoe's just like the the, uh, the top top goal scorer at Spurs. Mm, good to nick him off West Ham as well. Just as a final note on Defoe, best goal he ever scored, or yeah. your favourite. I also, I think we have to also give a shout. I've just remembered he is our top European goal scorer. So, that, oh no, he's not. No, I've just remembered it's Harry Kane. How oh. embarrassing! Um, <laughs> almost as if he's got every Tottenham record. Yeah, so that, that's a bit embarrassing. Um, no, but for me, my favourite goal. I was, it was a game that I was there. It was at Watt Hut Lane. Unfortunately, we lost the game three-one to Manchester United. But it was a, it was his bicycle kick that he scored. Mm, um, I yeah. think it was in the first half. We went one 0 up. Um, and actually, I got to meet him after that game and uh, absolutely made my day. So, uh, what a guy. Wonderful stuff. Well, bicycle kicks, trickery and lethal poaching. That's why Jermaine Defoe is your legend of the week. This is Love Sport. And turning our attentions back to current Tottenham players, the links between Kieran Trippier and Europe's elite are not going away, which is interesting we're hearing that there could now be a bidding war between Juventus mm. and Napoli for a man who Spurs don't mm. want are <laughs> yeah. you guys wrong well I think I think the first of all is the question is do you think the fan do you, Jamie do you reckon the fans have been maybe a bit harsh on Trippier I, yeah I feel a bit sorry for Trippier to be honest um he's he's had a obviously a brilliant world cup with England mm. last summer um maybe a bit mentally physically yeah. fatigued um, just hasn't been able to hit the heights of the World Cup this season. Um, so, yeah, I do feel for him, but um, I think maybe it is time for him to move on. Mm. I think there's other replacements out there that we can, or, can sort of take the team to a different level. Yeah, um, yeah what, what do you think? I think, to be honest, I do think he had a, he had a very tough season. Um, I, I've always been under the impression that he's never really quite been the level that Spurs need. Um and for me, I'm always looking at, at athletic fullbacks, and um, I think we look at the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold as a great example of a player um, of the sort of fullback that Spurs need to be kind of targeting. And, and Trippier just hasn't really ever been that. He's, he's he's not really the most athletic of players. He's got fantastic cross on him, but defensively, I'm not. I think there's certainly question marks. Um, I don't think he's quite the level for Spurs, but. Yeah, and I do I have to admit, I do find it quite odd that uh, the likes of Juve and, uh, and Napoli are after him. <laughs> so if you do let him go, keeping in mind that he's another of Spurs' homegrown talents, mm. who do you replace him with? Do you look yeah. homegrown again? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I've always said the number one, well, aside from Aaron Wan-Bissaka, of course, I think we know he's going to, to Manchester United. I think for me is uh, Max Ahrens from Norwich. I think he was EFL player, Young Player of the Year he last was. year. Is he that good? Because I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Max Ahrens, but he feels like one of these players where everyone suddenly gets linked to him. Everyone starts <laughs> saying he's good. So we all assume he's brilliant. Hmm. He's not played in the Premier League. No, I I think, what is he? He's 19. So um, I think that he, he, I think he's worth the risk. Um, I, I do see that, I, I have to admit, I'm not like, totally the expert on him, but I have seen from what I've seen of him, he is the type of player that I would like to see at Spurs. Um, he seems like a, a talent, a very talented player and guy that 
certainly could um, be at Spurs for many years to come. So I think that he's kind of the, the number one option for me. Mm, would you echo that, Jamie? Yeah, definitely. I think <clears throat> him at uh, right back, Sessegnon at left back, what a dream yeah. pair that would be. Um, yeah. <laughs> and obviously yeah. on the youth front, really exciting in the sense that you could s- sort your entire wing-back situation yeah. for the next decade. Equally, you're buying two kids there who aren't the finished article, who mm. won't necessarily be the most confident, the most self-assured. Yeah. Would you feel confident backing, you know, literally bookending your defence <laughs> with teenagers? I don't, I don't, as we said, I don't think um, Session Young would straight get um, Danny Rose out of the team. Um, so I think you'd say that Danny Rose would be there. But I think the crucial thing is, is again, we'll come on to him in a minute, it's Toby Alderweireld. Um, and I think that having him and Jan Vertonghen I think that's going to give any uh, fullback certainly the confidence um, to 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 go and impress. I think, but Spurs are a club that have always given younger players a chance. Um, so I don't worry that we're, we're potentially bringing in a younger player. Um, and and Pochettino does exactly the same. So I don't have any concerns about Max Aaron's potentially being drafted in. Hmm, encouraging time to be a Spurs fan encouraging time to be an England fan as well because at the Women's World Cup it is still Norway nil, England 1 as Nikita Paris goes close at the back post with a thumping header she's looking very very lively she could have had a couple updates for you throughout our shows this evening I think whisper it Three Lions could be going through here, but not the only Spurs player we're talking about because Toby Alderweireld is still being linked with a potential move away from Tottenham. There wasn't really any genuine interest last summer. There was a lot of rumours, a lot of whispers. Is someone going to come in this year? Um, Yeah, I I think there's a very real chance of something happening. Um, He's available for £25 million uh, before the last two weeks of the window. So, look, clubs are going to come in and, and offer that. Um, it just depends on who. Um, and, and there still doesn't seem to be sort of that level of interest, the, the real big boys that are going to come and take us that will, um, that will be able to attract Toby Aldevard. I think the Would you is, sell him this summer? No, because you know he's twenty-five million pounds. I I think me and Jason did say that um, he's a guy that potentially we would have taken the hit on at sixty million pounds last summer, given that he'd kind of there was talk that he'd fallen out with Pochettino. Uh, you've got sixty million pounds for a player who now is available for twenty five, and um, and for me, Toby Toby's certainly worth more than twenty five and worth keeping for another year. Mm. I think clubs would be silly not to go in for him. Yeah, for twenty five million, that's an absolute steal. Um, but yeah, we've got players like Sanchez who can easily fill in for him. I'm a big mm. fan of Sanchez. It is Norway <laughs> nil, England two, and Ellen White does not mess around. Forget about Alex Morgan scoring 56 against Thailand. She is still in the race for the Golden Boot as she does her absolutely terrible glasses-wearing celebration. No, it's, I think it's about glasses. She, yeah. As a glasses wearer, she just feels the need to point out she's wearing oh. contacts. And oh. I, as a glasses wearer, can point out that's a really rubbish way of celebrating a goal. <laughs> she is onside. It's a great ball across the face of goal from the electric Nikita Paris and the Lionesses are cruising at 2-0 the most fantastic thing about mm. Ellen White and we can see it in the replay here is every time she scores a goal <laughs> yeah, the celebration is rubbish but she looks so <laughs> so surprised say. she looks delighted and yeah. she just turns to her nearest teammate and goes oh 
How, how did that happen? <laughs> what did? Oh, I did it again. The ball's in the back of the net, and uh, we're winning two 0 in a World Cup quarter final. Very, very good. We've got a caller on the line into the show. Remember, you can get in touch on o two o eight seventy twenty five five eight. James is getting in touch from Essex. James, you're concerned about the form at the end of last season. Hi guys. Yes, I uh, love the show. Brilliant. Cheers. Great to hear it every week. And um, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I think we shipped so loads of goals towards the end of the season, mm. um, and everybody's going on about we've got to keep uh, Toby. Really got to keep him. And I, and I don't know. I'm thinking, was it him, or was it the defensive partnership, or was it mm. Potch's tactics? Because I just I'm just mm. concerned we could start. I know I'm very excited about the new signings, and hopefully that has the impact we want. But it wasn't a good end, really. No, no apart I, from Champions League. I agree. I think that. Um, I said I did say uh, two weeks ago. I think I said um, that maybe we were kind of we because we were in the Champions League. Um, we were kind of always looking ahead to that. I kind of felt those the West Ham game, uh, which we lost one 0 We were playing Ajax during uh, midweek, so it kind of felt as though maybe we were doing a bit prioritising. And and that's the mm. issue is that we were having to prioritise, and, and the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City didn't have to do that because they have the options. Um, and, and and for me, that's, yeah. that's certainly why we kind of fatigued. But I was also a bit concerned. I think it was the Burnley match was the one of the first matches yeah. we lost, and um, it seemed from from that moment we just didn't know how to break teams down, or or they all figured us out. Do you think there was thought, a oh. there was a bit of psychological cracking, James? Because obviously in that Burnley game we saw Poch out on the pitch at the end of the game, getting very angry with Mike Dean. Did the whole team mm. start to wobble? You know, I hadn't considered that because I thought it was so early in the season. Mm. Well, not early, but way too close to sort of really be challenging for the title but maybe Poch mm. and the guys did think that maybe they, they had that mentality and it was uh, it was the straw that broke the camel's back I don't know maybe they downed tools after that but um, yeah I'm just concerned they carry that in the next season it's going to be a yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a moaning start for some well as we've said this season this summer is so important for bringing in new players and I feel as though and especially that Burnley game yeah. and, and other games it felt like we were kind of losing control we didn't really ever get a grip on, on those sort of games and I think that if you're that, that Don Bele, um I think a guy that we've spoken so much about I think that he's the sort oh, yeah. of player that you you need to be bringing in um, so you've really got that still extra steel in midfield a guy that that he clearly looks as though he's got the ability to come in and, and control a game. Um, and, and that's something that I have to agree. I think Spurs were certainly lacking and, and it certainly showed uh, against Burnley and, and, and certainly other games towards the end. James, what's the solution? Ooh, um, I, I was questioning, wondering that myself. And I, I just thought, is it something that Poch is going to have to do, a plan to or plan plan B maybe? Because we really struggled. It's not just everybody just parked the bus and we couldn't get through. And I, so I think he's going to need another option. Yeah, time for a bit of pragmatism, perhaps. James, thanks ever so much for Thank your you, James. call. James, they're getting in touch from Royden in Essex on 0208 70 20 558. Remember, you can WhatsApp us as well. And coming up, surprise, surprise, a few more transfers. This is Love Sport. Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio. It's half-time England to Norway, nil in the quarter-final of the Women's World Cup. As things stand, England will be facing the winner of USA versus France in the semi-final. And we're talking all things Tottenham and specifically 
Christian Eriksen flirting with Real Madrid, who have all of a sudden started playing hard to get. Mm. Yeah, I think it's looking slightly weird for uh, kind of a difficult situation at the moment for Eriksen. I think that um, obviously he came out with those uh, the comments about maybe trying for a new challenge. Um, I think there was a lot of talk about whether he did the right thing to do that. I think for me, he was entitled to do that. And I think he was respectful. I think he said he certainly had a lot of respect for Spurs still and, and, and he'd certainly sign a new contract if the likes of Madrid, um, his dream move, uh, didn't come about. And um, yeah, I think it's sort of, he's kind of been left in a precarious position at the moment now um, where, where Real Madrid have kind of backed off a bit. So... Yeah, and I can understand why he's come out and said that as well, because he's, he's, what, 26, 27, 27 now? 27, yeah. So he's at a point in his career where he obviously feels he wants to be winning yeah. trophies, Champions yeah. Leagues, um, which Tottenham obviously the, are trying to do. Mm. But I think when Real Madrid can call him, there's, it's, so, that, it's almost impossible to turn him down. It's that, it's, it's, you, know, you can't blame anyone um, for wanting to go to Real Madrid. And certainly Ericsson, you know, he hasn't actually got any loyalties to Spurs with... Maybe different to like. Harry Should he Kane. not have some loyalties? To no, Spurs? no. I, I, I mean it as though you know Harry Kane obviously came through the academy, grew up a Spurs fan. Harry Winks grew up a Spurs fan. So I mean that that sort of loyalties. Christian Eriksen has been a fantastic player for us for six years, and he, you know, he, he's been such a big part of of why we are here today. Um, and and do you know, what? I, I was I, I said a lot on Twitter. I do think he gets a lot of stick um, wrongly. Um, mm. I think he had a very difficult season. Um, and and I think that's partly. I think a lot of them had a difficult season. I think Delhi had a difficult season. Harry Kane maybe had a difficult season. Um, and and I, I do think that that came from from the World Cup. Um, of course, they went straight into the season, um, and and they're having to to feel so many so heavily relied upon because we didn't quite have the options. So there was not real chance to rest Kane, to rest Ali, uh, to rest Delhi Ali, um, to rest Christian Eriksen. So I think a lot of them, um, especially Eriksen, he was asked to play different roles. So was Delhi. Um, so I think that they did have difficult reasons uh, seasons. Could you see Ericsson trying to push a move through? Yeah, it's sort of similar to the Modric situation when he wanted to leave. I think Chelsea came in for him. Mm. Um, I, I can't see Ericsson doing that no. myself. He's he doesn't seem that sort of type of person. Um, I think it would be sad to see him go if he does, but if I think he'd be absolutely fine. Staying at Tottenham as well at yeah. the same time. I think I think that's it. He's 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 certainly said enough to, to suggest that he's more than happy to stay at Tottenham. Um, and, and and it is the case of you can't say no. It's very difficult to say no to Real Madrid. So for me, I can't blame him. Is there any world in which he burns his bridges at Tottenham, where he angers the fans? Real Madrid aren't interested. What does he do then? Well, I'd say he kind of has burnt his bridges a bit, maybe. Um, well, hang on so, a minute ago, you were saying no, he was very respectful. No, 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 no not, for, not for me. Not okay. for me. Certainly hasn't burnt his bridges for me. I'm saying that uh, a lot of the reaction on Twitter is that they're very, uh, they're very disappointed with what he said. Um, they kind of feel as though he, he didn't need to come and say it just after the Champions League final um, when, when Spurs supporters were still hurting. Maybe it was kind of the wrong timing. But Why are you so forgiving of that, Jamie? Because, as I said, it's you know he's delivered a six fantastic years at Spurs, um, and I think that it's always very difficult to say. I think he's always had that dream of going to Real Madrid. I think he's done enough for Spurs to be able to earn that move. Um, and in a way, I'm I'm not. I think either way, I think it, it, for Spurs it could work out. Um, if Eriksen stays, then you keep a fantastic player who I who believe will be back to his best when he's had a, a full rest over the summer. 
um, and potentially brought in other options, which mean he doesn't have to drop deeper. Um, so I think that there's that. If he's great, if he stays, if he doesn't, then I think that you're going to get 80 old million pounds and, and certainly you'll be able to go and sign um, some alternatives that Pochettino clearly looks as though he's looking to do. And so if you do let him go, who are those alternatives? Well, uh, one of the main names is Lo Celso, I think. Mm. Um, similar sort of player with the videos I've seen on YouTube. I didn't have a clue who he was before, <laughs> no, <laughs> to be honest. But um, yeah, he looks a decent player to me. Yeah, so I think with Lo Celso, it's that he kind of he's a, as we've said on the show, he's a versatile player, and, and with, that's a player that Pochettino likes. I think that Spurs, we might see a change of formation at Spurs next year. I think it will we'll play like a four-four-two diamond. So I think we'll be a focus on cent- having central midfielders, and, right? And the Celso can kind of offer you those different options. Is he seventy million quid's worth of decent? <sighs> no, uh, uh, <laughs> it, he what, was he on loan. He was a loan at PSG, yeah, and so, then so they they brought him for twenty-five million yeah. pounds this summer. So they're definitely making a very quick profit. But I think with PSG, it's a difficult time because I think he was played in more of a, a defensive role and. Um, I think, as we know, he's more of an attacking player, so it was difficult for him. Callum is calling into the show from Essex. He wants to give his take on Ericsson. Callum, is he staying? Um, I don't know. He's been sitting on the fence for probably a season and a half now and trying to dilly-dally about. But he's always said that he wanted to go to a big team, and he's always said from the start of his career, even when he went mm. on loan or trial Spurs Chelsea, not a big team, Callum? <laughs> It's not that we're not a big team, but obviously we're still fighting hmm. to get into that higher bracket of teams yeah. like your Real yeah. Madrid, your Barcelona's. So would you would you not begrudge him that move? Um, no, I I look at the same situation as uh, Coutinho at Liverpool because I mean, yeah. look at what they did. They went out and used the money wisely and missed out on the league by one point and still won the Champions League. So. I think there's a good opportunity there that if he was Mm. to go, that if our scouting team was good enough, we could replace him with the right players. What did you make of his form last season? I know a lot of fans have been quite critical of him. Um, He always stepped up with a big goal like at Brighton Mm. or Burnley earlier in the season. Mm. But I think with the injuries, like you said, with him having to play in different positions, Mm. it's always limited to what he can achieve in different positions. Yeah. I think another key point with Ericsson is that he was always there and, and he was always available. He was never getting injured and that's so hard to find a player like that. Um, and, and that'd certainly be a, a big miss at Spurs if he was to go because he's just had such a fantastic injury tra- track record. He's played so many... He's, he's had similar seasons. He's played 51 games this year. He's pretty much played that for the majority of his time at Spurs. Um, and, and he's very rarely injured and I think that that's a, that's a very uh, good asset to have at the club. Mm, yeah, I'd ag- oh, go on, oh, Callum. Sorry. No, jump yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say, I would agree. But before the start of this season, if you looked at it, it was Kane, Dyer, and Ericsson who played the most games since yeah. Pochettino has come into the club. And he's done it again this season, yeah. even over Dyer and Kane. Yeah, it's a very good point. He would be missed if he went. Callum, thanks ever so much Cheers, for Callum. your call. Cheers. Callum, uh, getting in touch from Essex. One name other than the Chelsea that's been linked as a potential Ericsson replacement is Danny Sabalos. Would you like him? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. He's a guy that certainly can offer you a number of different roles in central midfield. Um, and, and that's clearly kind of what we're targeting. Um, I think he's had a fantastic Euro, uh, under 21 Euros at the moment. 
um, really impressed there and, and, and certainly I think you could potentially get a good deal from Real Madrid at the moment of course they've spent so much money haven't they so what's going on there by the way because I know they've spent a lot but they are going in if the transfer rumour mill <laughs> is to yeah. be believed and obviously we should doubt it there, there's a fire sale mm. in Madrid. We're looking at Asensio out the door, James Rodriguez out the door, Ceballos out the door, Kovacic has just gone to Chelsea. Yeah. Have mm. they decided that central midfield players are uncool? <laughs> I, that, I think that, yeah, it's, it's difficult because they obviously had a very tricky season. It was a, a clear need for a real overhaul at Madrid. So it's not too surprising um, that, that they are looking to get rid of these players. And and I think the sort of the players that they are looking at getting rid of just aren't quite that level that Real Madrid need. I think that Kovacic, I don't, I I'm not totally convinced. I think Chelsea are rumored to be paying around fifty odd million for him. Um, I'm not sure he's worth that. I think it's fifty uh, million euros. Yeah, to be yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and uh, still too much. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think that the players they're looking to get rid of, I'm not, I'm not too surprised. I don't think they're quite good enough for Real Madrid, but. For Danny Ceballos, it's, it's kind of a different situation. He's a younger player, um, so he's obviously going to. It was you know, at a club like Real Madrid, it's always difficult to get minutes when you're when you're younger. And I think that he might look for a different challenge. So, would you rather have him or Asensio? For me, Asensio, yeah. he's he looks really good. He, I think he's a winger, isn't he? Yeah, so he's, yeah, yeah, he's sort of play anywhere along the forward line. I think, yeah, so. sort of attacking midfielder. Um, it's something we need. We've yeah. obviously lacked that sort of depth last season, mm. so I think that would really bolster our I squad. I think another one they were talking about is his car. I think that that's more rumours from the fans, but is yeah. that his player? Is the... <laughs> that would be nice, but I don't think that's realistic, no, really. This yeah. guy's been linked away every year yeah. since yeah. he was about 12, yeah. and it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, so I'm very, very sceptical. Isco, of course, an absolutely glorious footballer, one of the very few world-class players who was told he wasn't good enough as a kid because his head was too big. So there we go. But Spurs keeping their feet very firmly on the ground. No heads getting too large at Tottenham yet. But if you do sign Ndombele and you do sign Jack Clark, just maybe those egos will be inflating a little bit. Join us next week on the Spurs Fan Show. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.